everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is Monday, October 30th, one of my favorite days in the entire calendar because it's my husband's birthday. Woot, woot. My man is 50 today. So I am kind of, I'm looking across the table at him and I'm thinking, you look pretty good, baby. You're very welcome. Hey, you guys, stick around. It's Mailbox Monday. We've got a couple of touchy topics today, but I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, so I want to just say a shout out to all of my friends in Tulsa. We just returned from a fantastic weekend of ministry in Tulsa. And I want to let you know, next weekend, just coming right up in a couple of days, I will be in Kansas City, Missouri for the Mom Strong Conference. And if you haven't purchased tickets to that, I will link back to it on the show notes today. And we're opening two new events, Mom Strong New Jersey. Um, I'll be heading back to New Jersey. We had a great turnout uh, last year for Fearless. I'm bringing Mom Strong Conference there next year. Woo, woo, January. My goodness, January 5th and 6th, I will be in New Jersey for the Mom Strong Conference. Check my show notes today for details on that. And also the 2nd and 3rd of February, I will be bringing Mom Strong to Dayton, Ohio. So come on out for that, you guys. I think you're going to love it. Like I've said many times before, it's a life changing event. So I hope you'll come out. Uh, Today's Mailbox Monday. You guys know I take questions from listeners on Mondays, and I appreciate you sending those to me. If you've got a question that you'd like me to address on the podcast, please shoot me an email, podcast at thebusymom.com. Depending on uh, what you know, what time of year it is, et cetera, et cetera, and how relevant we think your question is to listeners as a general rule, uh, that's how we choose those questions. So if you've been waiting for a little while, don't don't worry. I, I see your question. We see it. We sort of categorize them. Uh, today's question is coming from a listener whose name is Angela. So hey, Angela girl, how are you? Uh, thanks for your question. She actually had a couple of questions for me that I thought were uh, worth talking about today. Uh, she is Canadian. So, oh, Canada. You guys know I love your national anthem over there in, in uh, Canada. I actually love my national anthem too, which I stand for, but that's a whole other podcast. But she writes, Angela writes that she's been listening to the podcast for a while, and she has a couple of questions. She's got twin five-year-old girls that she's homeschooling. So, Angela, a moment of silence for you homeschooling your five-year-old twins. Girl, I'm going to answer some questions for you today. Well, at least I'm going to give it my best shot. I hope it encourages you. Actually, Angela wants to know a couple of my thoughts on Halloween. So I want you guys to Google Heidi St. John Halloween uh, because I've done the podcast on this before and I I will uh, go into much more detail in that than I'm willing to go into today simply because I feel like I've addressed this a little bit recently with the Tooth Fairy and all those other things. Um, I'm going to give you sort of my... um, sort of my opinion as a mother of seven and someone who's been walking with the Lord for a long time. Uh, She says, Angela says that growing up, she was always allowed to go trick-or-treating as long as she didn't wear anything that was scary or or evil. And she says, I always had fun dressing up and getting candy uh, with my friends from uh, and neighbors from the neighbors. So there you go. That's what people do, right? She says, I know there's a lot of emphasis on scary and evil things, but I was always encouraged to see it just as a fun night. Now that I have children of my own, I'm hearing a lot about parents who don't allow their children to participate in Halloween because they feel that if they do, even in the most innocent way, they are essentially supporting the evil that Halloween stands for and celebrating a demonic holiday. I love letting my little girls dress up and get candy from the neighbors. 
And I know we have freedom in Christ and can choose to keep this holiday simple and innocent, but I can't help but wonder whether or not I'm doing the right thing. I don't want to be an extremist, but I also want to honor Christ. All right. So I'm going to say again, like I said a couple of weeks ago when I actually fumbled around and sort of, um, I think, responded wrongly uh, to someone who was frustrated with me because we do the tooth fairy in our home. There are so many good Christians that differ on this topic, and there is a lot of different ways that 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 we can go with it. So uh, I'm going to encourage you today toward a place of listening to the Lord in your own life and then not making this something that actually hurts other believers. So I think that's I think that is the main thing. So out of Romans chapter 14, the apostle Paul actually talks about the danger of criticizing others. He's talking about the weaker brother. So let me read to you a little bit uh, from Romans 14. It says, "Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them." about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether or not they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor Him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. And here's the key. Verse 8. If we live, it is to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be the Lord of the living and the dead. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. So let's stop condemning each other and instead decide to live in such a way that we will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. I think this is probably the most important passage on uh, on criticism and critical spirits between uh, Christians and in the church in general. So that's if you missed it before, that's Romans 14. I encourage you uh, to read it. And then you really just need to pray about what God wants you to do. So uh, growing up, uh, you know, I went trick-or-treating with my uh, grandparents. They loved trick-or-treating and our kids for a while, we didn't do it. And then we sort of got back into it. And I'll tell you why <clears throat> we don't do, we do not participate in the, you know, the, 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 uh, the wickedness that really is part of Halloween. I mean, we can be super honest about that, right? Um, but we have decided as a family to see it as a night that we can actually interact with other neighbors in our area that we otherwise would not get to interact with. And years ago, somebody who we really respect um, shared this this particular point of view with us, and we were persuaded. We were persuaded because we we had not been participating. Um, you know, for a while, I think, and parents do this, right? When our children were very little, we did it. And then they got a little older and we we're like, oh man, I'm not sure if we should. So we didn't. And just someone who we love one day said that this, he said, you know, Heidi and Jay, this is the only night of the year when you're, when friends and neighbors 
from around your block will come to your door and actually say hello. And you can meet their parents and you can go to your neighbor's house and knock on the door and they expect it because we live in kind of this weird culture, at least we do, um, here in my neck of the woods in the Pacific Northwest. I feel like even in the neighborhood, people come home at night and they push the button on their garage door and they pull their car into, gra- into the garage and they push the button and the car garage door goes down behind them and you just literally never see them. And we take, you know, uh, home home goods or home baked treats or whatever over to our neighbors, typically on Christmas Eve. Um, but this is a kind of a different scenario. And so we decided that rather than turn our porch light off and um, and boycott the holiday completely, we would participate in a way that we felt was actually allowing us to be salt and light in the neighborhood. And we started, um, and the other, he also said, you should be the home that gives out the best candy. So we started buying, you know, the full-size Hershey bar. So when a kid came to our door, uh, we got to look him in the eye and say hello and ask him their name and actually hand them a, a, a you know, a full-size Hershey bar. And they're like, whoa, this is great. So we've chosen to make it a night where we participate in hopes that we can begin to build relationships with our neighbors. And actually it has been, um, it has yielded fruit. And so I understand people who don't do it. And I think the Apostle Paul is making a really good point in saying, listen, we have freedom. This is an area where you have freedom in Christ. And so I want to just encourage you, hey, don't get, don't overthink it. Okay. Don't get uh, so hung up on it that it becomes, uh, you know, the sticky wicket and we're uh, offended with each other and we don't get along anymore. We, we're supposed to be a uh, salt and light. And actually that brings me to the next question uh, that I want to uh, address today. And the same, the same listener, this I'm continuing from Angela. She's saying as a homeschool mom and an introvert, <laughs> I was hoping you could give some advice on how to teach children, my children to be a light in the world. I feel that between homeschooling the Iwana program church and hanging out with Christian friends, we unfortunately don't tend to have a lot of interaction with unbelievers. What's your advice on helping my, t- my kids and myself get out there and teach the kids the most important work that we can do, which is to preach preach the good news to unbelievers. How does your family do this? I appreciate your insight and wisdom. So again, I'm going to go back to, I want to take you back to the word of God. Uh, Matthew 5 talks about um, being salt and light. In Matthew 5, chapter 13, it says, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one hides a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. So I think right there, we get some pretty good instruction on what we want to do with our kids. We want to teach them to be kind and respectful uh, when when they're out with us. You know, um, I hear the argument a lot of times that people say, well, your children have to be salt and light. So I put my kids in the public school so they can be salt and light. And I actually reject that argument because you're talking about putting uh, your children onto the front lines of a very real spiritual battle. There are lots of reasons I think that are, um, that are right for saying my kids are in a public school, whether it's I work or whether it's, you know, we prayed about and this is what it is. But to say, it, the salt and light thing. I just, I, I, that doesn't, that bothers me because there are lots and lots of ways to be salt and light without putting your children into a situation that they're going to be forced to kind of uh, defend their faith when they're not ready to defend it. 
But I do want to encourage you to really get out there and not be afraid. I think for children especially, and this is so important, when your children are little, you are teaching them what it means to be salt and light. They're watching you as their parents. And like I've said a hundred times on the podcast, we can't give our kids what we don't have. So let your children see you being salt and light. If you have a chance to serve the homeless community, serve them. If you have a chance to get into a soup kitchen or to be part of a nonprofit organization, I have been really burdened in recent years uh, by the lack of Christian involvement in the public square. And you guys heard me talk about this in the political cycle that was so damaging. Um, And I actually spoke last week at the Republican Women's uh, Dinner here in my hometown. And I don't normally do it. This is actually the first time I've spoken for a political event. And I really, I, I prayed about this in advance, like, Lord, what do you want me to say? Because n- not everybody there knows you. And so I decided to talk about integrity and what it means to live a life of integrity. We can't lead uh, the way unless we know the way. And unless in the privacy of our own homes, when no one else is watching and you're not going to get a Facebook accolade for it, no one's going to write you up in the paper for all the good deeds you're doing. If you're doing good things at home with your children and your marriage is is solid and you're following the word of God privately where no one else is watching, that's the foundation that you need to be salt and light to the rest of the world. So I want to encourage you, first of all, to start there and then look for opportunities that you can be salt and light. So some of you are listening to this and you have an opportunity to offer respite care for a foster a foster care family. Some of you, the Lord is prompting your heart to get involved in your local, in the local discourse, in politics. Christians should be salt and light. We don't want to take our light and hide it under a bushel. And I think a large part of the reason we do that is because of fear in the culture. So I just want to encourage you, don't let fear keep you from being salt and light. And honestly, you guys, I really do think that is typically why we're not salty. It's why we're not lighty. (laughs) It's because we're afraid. We're afraid of being criticized. We're afraid that we're going to be made fun of. We're afraid that people are going to condemn us for our beliefs. And in some cases, they absolutely will do that. But at the end of the day, we're we're not here for the approval of men. We're here for the approval of God and to be salt and light to a world that's watching. And one more thing before um, I go today, seeing as how it's Mailbox Monday, I got another question on my Facebook page. I posted an article about something that really bothered me uh, that happened last week in California where um, the... uh, a public library that coincidentally is named after Michelle Obama. So I don't want you guys to get hung up on the fact that the the library is named after Michelle Obama. And this is the reason why this was allowed, because um, I think that's just a straw man. But there, this is a very real thing that happened uh, in a public library in California where a person dressed in drag, who actually is a full-time drag queen, uh, dressed as a demon, was reading to kids at the library, at the public library. And this is where I just am like, parents need to wake up. This should be completely unacceptable. This happened at the Obama Library for the Drag Queen Story Hour, which was part of a collaboration between uh, the LPBL, I don't even know what all these stand for anymore, honestly, you guys, and the LGBTQ Center of Long Beach, the Genders and Sexuality Alliance Network and the LGBTQ nonprofit Imperial Court of Long Beach, according to the Long Beach Public Library's calendar. You guys, if you saw a picture uh, of this person dressed, uh, it really does look like something straight out of the pit. And I was very, very bold in saying there are no words that do this kind of thing justice. And we are living in the days of Noah. And my question was, parents, why would you take your child to be exposed to this? 
uh, in the name of tolerance, in the name of educating them? Why would you take your children and teach them that they that that um, this science that says that we are created male and female is actually not science at all? You can be whatever you want to be. And uh, these are the issues I think are worth addressing as parents. And it's frustrating to me as a mother who still has a six-year-old at home to see the desensitization and the normalization of uh, transgenderism being put into our school systems. It's being put into our public libraries. And I, for the most part, uh, the comments, and I, I didn't read all of them. I read a few of them. But for the most part, um, it was all right. And then there was a, a person who kind of took me to task and basically said, you know what, Heidi, why don't you use your platform to encourage people instead of using your platform to uh, to talk about, um, what did she say? She said, this issue as portrayed in the conservative media is biased and listed as mostly false by Snopes. Well, first of all, I don't actually trust Snopes, so I kind of don't care what they say. But then she said that Michelle Obama has nothing to do with library, which I totally, I get that. I, I believe it. She said, please, Heidi, inspire us with links to stories that bring about inspiration and good deeds rather than trying to get your followers fired up with negativity and hatred, which leads to dividing and separating yourselves and your followers from those who are different than you. All right. I, I really am going to take a minute to address this because this is not about someone being different than me. It's not about someone being different than my children. Uh, this is the height of a wickedness. It's not about a person being different from somebody else. This is about exposing children to evil and normalizing it in the name of love and tolerance. And by the way, you guys, it's a false love that condones evil. And this is so far beyond the pale of evil that it's sickening. And so I wasn't trying to inspire my uh, parents with my post because I'm not looking for approval from men. Because with that logic, we should just stop reading the Bible. Romans isn't, quote, inspiring by that standard either. And I want to just encourage you as we as we sort of end this discussion about salt and light to say rather than, than uh, assimilate to the culture, you stand out in the culture and you learn to live in the tension between truth and love. And that means that we stop sacrificing truth on the altar of mercy in the culture today, because I believe our children are going to suffer beyond anything that we can imagine if we continue to say that it's all right uh, to do what God says clearly in His Word is wrong. And so, for uh, it doesn't matter if you if you uh, feel the the urge to speak out or if you don't. I want to just encourage you read the Bible so that you know what it says. It bothers me when I get letters from parents who claim to be Christians and they they would make excuses for this kind of behavior and say, "Hey, uh it's all right. It's totally fine. Why would you even talk about it? Well, we would talk about it because the Bible says over and over that when wicked people are in authority, the people uh, that they're an authority over suffer. And if we allow this kind of wickedness into our public library system, which we obviously are doing, and we allow it into the public school, our children will suffer. It's part of being salt and light. It's part of learning to live in the tension between truth and grace, being loving and not sacrificing truth on the altar of mercy. So I know these are some difficult topics, and I hate to bring it down on Mailbox Monday, especially since it's my husband's birthday today. And I can tell you, we are going to go and have some good dinner with our family uh, tonight. But I want to just encourage you to come before the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, how is my life? How am I living in a way that brings... Uh, 
honor to your name? How am I being salt and light in the world? And then trust that the Lord's going to give you both the strength and the mercy and the wisdom. The Bible says in James that if any of you lacks wisdom, ask for it from God because he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you by the indwelling power of his Holy Spirit. And then you can say, Lord, I trust your word is true. Show me how to be salt and light in the culture. Show me how to live in the tension between truth and grace and know that he will. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody, today. I want to just encourage you, if you have not looked up the new ministry that I have started, MomStrong International, you can check it out at momstronginternational.com. Starting in January, that's coming right up, we are going to be going through the Bible every week, just a little uh, devotion that's been based on the scripture writing challenge that I've been doing for a couple of years and talking about what's happening in the culture uh, along the way. So if you haven't read Becoming Mom Strong yet or gotten a hold of the Bible study, I want to just encourage you to do that. You can you can uh, become a leader. You can apply to become a leader with Mom Strong International. And those of you who do that, I am recording videos that go along with the Bible study for you. So you can uh, watch a video that's made just for the people in your study and then a separate video that I've recorded just for you. So I want to encourage you uh, to take advantage of that and also just say thank you so much for listening. If you haven't left a review on um, Amazon for Becoming MomStrong. I would so appreciate it if you would do that. And the same thing is true of uh, the podcast. We really appreciate you listening and we're praying for you to be the salt and light that God calls you to be in the culture today. Have a great Monday, everybody. I'll see you back here Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.